Landscape Photography World, the podcast for everyone passionate about landscape photography. I'm Grant Swinburne and I'll be your host on this show, talking to landscape photographers about their motivations, likes and dislikes. This time I'll be talking to Craig Crosswaite about his work and motivations, along with a range of other topics I hope you'll find interesting. After 30 years in the advertising industry, Craig decided to follow his passion for the coast, surfing and photography. Craig started surfing at the age of eight and he's still catching waves. Surfing has given him a passion for the water and an understanding of the elements, wind, waves and weather. He also loved photography but had limited knowledge of the wonderful things you could achieve through capturing light. So he undertook a course at RMIT in Melbourne and ignited a passion for all things photographic. Craig has combined his love of the ocean and his sense of adventure with his newly acquired skills to create a substantial and high quality portfolio of work. Craig Crosswaite's images are a stunning record of the world around us, but they're also an indication of his visual sensitivity, situational awareness, and his commitment to be at that place at that time ready to be surprised by nature. This is not a simple or easy thing, and in this, being a surfer has obviously been instructive. Craig's images show a deep understanding of nature's ebb and flow, an ability to anticipate elemental movements and place himself at key points in time and space as all these components are drawn together. He has an artist's eye knowing how to position himself in the landscape to bring the light and natural elements together to create stunning images. We discuss his passion and how his advertising and graphic design background have shaped his work along with some hair-raising adventures during thunderstorms he has experienced. I hope you enjoy the show. G'day, Craig. Welcome to the podcast. How are you going? Thanks, Grant. I'm uh, doing very well, thank you. That's good. Very pleased to have you on and pleased that you said yes to coming on to the show. Uh, been following your work for a while. Uh, CC images for anyone that's um, not heard of Craig Crossway. <laughs> Um, can you tell us how did you get started in photography and in particular landscape photography? Um, well, I was a, I was a graphic designer and then was in the advertising industry for many years. So, uh, when I was studying, uh, back in the late seventies, early eighties, just giving away my age, um, graphic with the graphic design, we, uh, we had cameras at university and we had a dark room. So it was um, back in those days, it was all film and what have you. And um, there was a group of us that used to surf. So we'd grab the good cameras and go and take photos of each other and then go back nice. to the dark room and, uh, and process them. So I always had an interest in cameras, but um, uh, when I was about, I could see that my uh, marketing consultancy was starting to slow down. I was a bit over clients. So I thought, I better go and learn a new trick. So uh, I thought, well, I'll get right into photography. I'll buy myself a good digital camera. And uh, I went and did a course. Um, that was about four and a half, five years ago. Okay. Um, just to learn how, you know, what a camera does again. Um, and, um, and then away I went. And I, I just, I couldn't put the camera down. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> um, I just off it went. And it was, uh, as they say, it's, uh, if you're going into retirement and you can find a passion, it's, uh, it's a pretty good thing, which uh, was lucky for me. Yeah, and it's, I guess it's not a bad passion to have, uh, you know, as, as you say, sort of moving into into retirement. I mean, there's a lot of young people into it too, but, um, you know, if, you, if you're looking for something to do uh, 
you know, uh, after work, it's uh, it's certainly something that can consume a, a lot of time, but also uh, I, I think be a really fun creative outlet as well. Yeah, well, I mean, going into retirement, you sort of think, well, what am I going to do? And one of the things I wanted to do was to was just see a lot of Australia. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, um, I didn't sort of realise that photography would drive that. And uh, I know that's what it's delivered. Um, because it's, uh, you know, when you, you want to go out and take photos, you tend to go out exploring, you walking into waterfalls, uh, and doing all that sort of thing. So you get to see a lot of places as well as take a lot of photos at those places. So, yeah, sure. Uh, it, it really is. Uh, it's a, a great hobby or a pastime, which is uh, probably turning into a small business at the moment. It wasn't supposed to go that way, but uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we keep going. So I guess just talking about that, what, what was it about landscapes and seascapes, I guess? Was it that harking back to surfing? And uh, I think you mentioned um, when we were talking just before we started recording that uh, you, you're still an avid surfer. Is, is that still part of the reason why that's part of the passion or...? Yeah, look, I, th and I think surfing has given me, I've been surfing since 1968 when my dad bought me my first um, fiberglass surfboard. So mm -hmm. it gave me a really good understanding of the ocean and waves, um, tides, weather conditions, um, which, which actually fit in really well with landscape slash seascape photography. Um, and I think early days, most of my stuff was, um, you know, around the ocean. Um, I've sort of branched out into into different areas now, but uh, yes. I still love it, and that's my passion. Is to in Anglesey, I get I'm pretty lucky. I've got some really great spots on the coast, and I can check tides and swells and and conditions. So uh, yeah, the surfing gave me an understanding of being able to get to spots and and know um, that I was reasonably safe and and you know, understanding where I needed to get to if a big set does come. So yeah. uh, I think that surfing has really helped me. Yeah, okay. In terms of, you know, where you, you mentioned Anglesey, where, where you live, um, how much does that influence what you shoot or it, where you initially, shoot? Initially, it was everything. Uh, it was every day and uh, I would just, I'd keep just showing up every morning, but to the the spots within sort of 20 kilometres around Anglesey. But uh, yep. I suppose nowadays I've, I've taken a lot of photographs of all of those spots. But it's amazing if you go out wandering during the day, I take the dogs down to the beach and I just wander onto into new areas if the tide's really low, for instance. And it's amazing how many different comps you can find, even though, you know, I've been hanging around that area for 40 years. Hmm. Uh, it's staggering how many times you you wander across something and go, wow, I've never seen that before. I'd better yeah. go and check tides and, and cloud conditions and I'll come back here. So, yeah, but I also like sort of planning to go a little bit further nowadays. Yeah. Um, just broadening my horizons, if you like. Yeah, and, and I think particularly with seascapes, you know, the, the, the beaches in particular, you know, and not just the conditions, but the beaches themselves, they can actually change over time as well quite significantly. You know, the, I know the storms here in uh, the, the East Coast at the moment, are, you know, the, there's a lot of 
differences. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of differences in some of the beaches that I've visited from, you know, where they were a, a few weeks ago. Yeah, well, we've had a lot of easterlies and southeasterlies here in Victoria um, over, uh, over summer, which is not good for surfing, but uh, it's amazing how much sand is moving around um, and, and places that used to be sandy beaches are now rock beaches and, and vice versa. So yeah, uh, yeah. you're right. You can um, Every time you go out, it doesn't matter how many times you go to the same spot, you, get, you, get, you never get the same shot. There's no, different sort of you, you might have a favourite comp or two, but yeah, the the shot itself is is actually going to be quite different. Yeah, yeah it, it's one of the things that bring, keeps bring, bringing me back to to seascaping as well as you know that that ability to go to the same place day after day and see something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I found it really interesting when I first went, you know, up to the Grampians, or I, last year I went up to Broken Hill and started taking some shots with, with no ocean in it. And yeah. it's a completely different set of rules. Yeah, um, you yeah. go, well, there's no wave movement. There's <laughs> like the, out of my compositions work, which is really good to push yourself. Yeah. Uh, but you, you do feel comfortable when you're in your, uh, in your element. Um, you know, mine's out at Point Road Night, which I can see from my house and I wander down there. It's become quite popular. Um, but I still love it out there. Um, if you pick the right tides and the right swell where you've got a lot of water movement across the reef, then uh, it's, it's, it's probably my happy place. Absolutely. Yeah. I guess when, when did it start to become more about art than about just, you know, taking shots of you and your mates and, and whatever, you know, surfing, et cetera? When, when would... When did you notice that transition? I guess, and you know, had what what I what do you think it was that drove that transition for you? Oh, it was definitely you know four and a half years ago. I signed up for a, I think it was an eight week or a twelve week course at RMIT in Melbourne. Yep. Um, and that was it was every Saturday, which was when I was signing up. I was just going, oh, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to hang in <laughs> Melbourne every Saturday for twelve weeks. Um, but from the moment I walked in there and started to look, I, look I, I love learning. And I also think that originally I was a graphic designer. Um, and I think that artistic and creative knowledge then just translated into the photography knowledge that I was learning. And, and I just, I loved it. Yeah. Um, it just it became a passion then. Um, like the moment of, after the first session in that course, and of course, that I'm. I was 59 when I did that course. Um, everyone else in the course was 18, 19, 20, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm pretty sure they were looking at me when the, the following you came in with your USB stick and your homework, and they and the guys, the lecturer would say, "Well, who's done their homework?" and and everyone looked at me, not him again. <laughs> it was because like, they all had lives, like they were either studying or they had yeah, young yeah. families and jobs and things like that, where I just I just retired. So I had all yeah. this time. Um, so I just went out and did everything and bought it all in and what have you. I, was, I think I was the teacher's pet. So <laughs> about the, fourth, wrong with the that. fourth week I came in with an apple for him and they just gave it away. <laughs> Uh, so I, I guess do you think that graphics design background has did that help or did that bring along with it 
its own sort of, um, I don't want to call it restrictions necessarily, necessarily but you know, a, 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 a set of a mindset that was slightly different to, you know, what might have been a more a photography mindset. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I think that I think composition, it's helped me with composition. And when I first started, um, I had some, I, I, the photography community has, has blown me away. When I first started, um, you know, guys like Craig Richards, who's a, a yep. bit of a legend down in Warrnambool, and then he instantly followed me. And then I started talking to him. Uh, and I think he said to me very early, he said, like, you, you will learn all of the technical stuff. He said, but what I can see that you've got is the ability to, to see a composition. Yeah. And yeah. I went, wow, that's, that's a big tick on. And this guy's really good. His compositions are great. And I think that's, that's what the graphic design gave me. It's a balance in an image. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, I've always been, I sort of didn't concentrate on it, but my foregrounds, I think, are something that I've I've always just okay. constantly worked on to try and there might be a scene in the background, but I'm always looking for a really different foreground, something that's leading you into the image and things like that. And and I'm not sure whether I learnt that or whether that just naturally came from my graphic design background. So yeah, okay. So I think that's what drove it. How how has that helped? I guess in your in terms of your your editing style and and that sort of thing. Obviously, you probably would have had a bit of a, a leg up with some of the uh, design tools like um, uh, Photoshop and whatever the uh, over some people that come into photography without any of that, you know, um, editing background. You know, do do you think that's helped or you know again oh, you know, brought its own sort of different mindset around how you, how you approach those things definitely cheated the normal system in uh, when it comes to that um, when i was when i first started as a graphic designer but i quickly i quickly realized that um, graphic designers had a very short lifespan in yeah. the advertising industry because there was always some young kid going to be coming up so um, i quickly got into client side and then i started my own ad, ad agency so I owned it. Yep. I got to employ the creatives, but I also, being a creative, I got some control over it. So we would sit nice. down. I got to sit into creative meetings and give some direction yep. um, with a business with a business thoughts patterns to it. Um, so when I started photography, uh, a long time studio manager of mine, uh, Gail, who'd been working for me for on nearly 20 years and she is just the master at Lightroom, Photoshop, mm -hmm. all of the programs. And so I rang her, she's now freelancing or and yeah, yeah. back then. So she was doing some work for me. And I just said to her, hey, could you just teach me the basics of Lightroom uh, and Photoshop? And she said, yeah, not a problem. So she came over and sat with me and we worked on, and we, whenever I had a question, I said, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to, you know, stack an image or do a panorama or something like that. She she get on the phone and she, she comes straight back and say, go to here, go to that, do that, see. And I go, ah, I got it. So I, I had an online on tap education facility Very if nice. you like yeah so and and 
I speak to other people. I go, oh, how did you, did you go and do a course? I go, oh, no, I just, I cheated because I bribed <laughs> Dale. I said I'd take her out for lunch <laughs> to her favourite restaurant if she helped me out. So, like, well, I, I can say it's definitely worked. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Although I, I'm always trying to, uh, I'm on YouTube trying to work out better ways of doing things. Uh, and, yeah, and just look at people's different workflows. I'm not sure I've got a workflow that works for me, but I'm not necessarily sure that it's the workflow that I probably should have. So, uh, yeah, I'm, using- I'm, I'm always finding new stuff. You know, there, there's uh, so many tutorial videos out there, you know, and you, I, I, I look and dabble and play with stuff, and some stuff sticks and I keep it in the workflow, but other stuff. Just kind of goes, yeah. No, I don't don't know how that would actually work for me. The way I shoot and the the style of things that I'm trying to trying to do. Yeah, so, yeah. I reckon I, I use about fifteen percent of the capabilities. Yeah. Oh, I, I I know I'm I, I know I'm still only very much scratching the surface, but um, but I I, I still think some of the things that um, Mark Rudis uh, F sixty four Academy. Uh, puts out some of his stuff uh he, he's probably the main resource where i've i've kept stuff in there's a there's a few that there's a few that i've kept in but he he's i've probably kept about five or six things out of his uh yeah. his workflows and his you know so, i mean the, the the amount of in-depth knowledge he has is just phenomenal um and yeah. his understanding of color theory and all those sorts of things really makes it uh makes it you know for me it sheets at home as okay this is why you would do it this way as opposed to here's the way i do it and yeah follow along blindly and go okay yeah well that didn't quite work for me yeah (laughs) but because he goes into the into that sort of color theory or you know the the theory of why this is a better method than you know method x is better than method y you know you can sit there and you can go ah okay now i know what what it is that he's he's trying to do here he's giving you more control over you know tone or contrast or color that you didn't have by using that's that set of tools using yeah. a, a different set of tools you know i think a game changer for me was when i was introduced to uh, raya pro yeah um, yeah jimmy mcintyre i mean to to be able to break your image down and be able to control you know there's there's eight channels of highlights and eight channels of shadows and six channels and to be able to break it down like that and then figure out what you can do in each of those channels is uh i think that that was a a major step in my processing yeah very very much so i'm I'm the same i'm a rye pro user as well and uh yeah i've i've just found it it's something I, i i don't know if it's something that i could live without but you know, I probably could. I could probably find other tools. But I've kind of adapted my workflow to the the controls that are there, and so it just makes it very difficult to you know uproot and change because you've really got to a learn the new tools, and you got to you got to think about things differently. And you know, yeah. some of those tools might not give you the same controls, or you know. It, and you know, I I think it's horses for courses. Different people are going to do different things, but um, you know, it, it's kind of influenced also the way that I shoot a little bit as well. You know, with uh, exposure blending in particular. You know, so yeah. I don't use grad filters at all. I just I I just 
exposure blend. So, you know, exactly, exactly. I have, I don't use filters a lot anymore. Um, occasionally I do. Um, ND filters I, I yeah, use. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, the graduated ones I use less and less. I uh, I just do some exposure blending. So uh, it seems to work better anyway. You got, and you have, you got more control. Yeah, yeah. So when when you're getting sorry, out into on. the sorry um, when when you're getting out into the field, are you going out with a concept of what you want to capture, or are you you know letting the conditions and the light sort of dictate where where you're going to point the lens? Oh, it's probably fifty fifty. Um, there are times when you know when you know that the light's going to be good, so you just go out there. Yeah, um, but especially with um, with waterfalls, etc. Um, I I go out trying to find them first. I've actually in the last two years got right into trying to find the hidden waterfalls in the Otways. Okay, uh, yeah. And so I spend a week doing the research and finding which tracks I've got to walk down, and then ask the questions. I've uh, I've got a little bit of a network of of older guys um, one of the an oldie elderly guy in lawn whose parents and grandparents used to run sawmills okay uh, yeah. and, and logging um businesses and he's he pretty much knows every walking track in the otways yeah. um, picking their brains so when you're going into that it's 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 50 percent adventure and then 50 percent taking a photo when you actually succeed in finding the waterfall which is yeah. uh which is it's it's uh, it's a challenge and it's exciting and it's very re rewarding as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you know getting into some of those more remote and um, I guess less travel places is is part of the fun of this sort of thing. You know, you can get you can get yourself you know obviously into some places where very few people go and that you know that that to me is one of the one of the greatest experiences is bringing out an image from somewhere that put you know nobody's ever seen yeah. on you know on screen or on film or wherever on on paper before you know yeah and that that is uh, that is a wonderful feeling um when you achieve that and then you get to go to you see some magnificent spots that everybody gets to shoot. Um, so of course, it's fun to go and visit those spots as well. Um, and yeah. then when you're there to try and do something just a little bit different, um, you know, to try and find a different foreground, um, so that it, it is different. But um, yeah, I, I think the adventure side of it and the discovery side of it is is what I really love. Yeah. Yeah. What's the most notable experience you've had when you've been out and about? Ah, oh. <laughs> that's a tough one. I, as I said, I think, I think just some of the walks into waterfalls, um, or or when I first took it half decent um, um, astro shot. Um, I remember the first time I went out to shoot. Uh, to shoot Astro was uh, with a guy called Christopher Smith, yep. uh, and um, and we went up to the Grampians to shoot uh, to shoot the um, the eclipse of the moon, and uh, I was standing out in the middle of a paddock, and I'd never shot at night before. So the first thing, I, I, number one, I couldn't see anything. Number two, I said to him at one stage, I think I'd been taking photos for about an hour, and I said, "How do you get them in focus?" <laughs> so, <laughs> 
<laughs> the folks don't. So <laughs> he just looked at me and said, what have you been doing for the last hour? I, said, I don't know, try to find out how to get it in focus. So, uh, yeah, he... Uh, and amazingly, you know, it's just the simplest little thing. Right? You see the magnification, find a star. All right. Yeah, I've got yeah. it. <laughs> so uh, things like that. And um, oh, there's there's been some amazing um, thunderstorms that I've been out in um, and captured, I think, some pretty amazing lightning shots. Uh, they're always yeah. a little bit exhilarating, <laughs> trying not to get toasted. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had any, uh, you know, near misses or any um, any horror stories? Um, oh, no horror stories. Um, I, there was uh, last year, my wife and I went to Bendigo. Um, there was a couple of art galleries that she wanted to see. So we went up and it just happened to coincide with a massive thunderstorm. So uh, I sort of shot in the afternoon at a, a beautiful church up there. Um, and then I didn't really get much. I was on the wrong side of the church and it was a bit iffy because it was, I was too scared about number one standing on, uh, on one of uh, God's holy places trying to take a photo in a thunderstorm <laughs> and he was letting off all of the lightning around me. So, but I went back, I said to my wife after we'd been out for dinner, I might just go back to the church because they light it up at night um, and it wasn't expecting there another thunderstorm. And when I got there, this massive thunderstorm rolled over and there was lightning going off everywhere. And I had my camera set up. I was hiding under a tree and there was a couple of times I, I had to go back and sit in the car. I just left the camera running because it wasn't raining. Um, but there was a few, what I would say, were a little bit too close for comfort. So uh, I ended up just running out and grabbing my camera and bailing back to the car and, uh, and getting out of there. What's, I think, the, the main thing you've learned about the world through photography? Just how amazing it is! I can't believe that I I went through my life and look. I I think I appreciated nature and I appreciated um, going to places, but I don't think, for instance, I would go to a waterfall and look at it for five minutes and then leave. Where now yeah. I'll go to a waterfall and spend three hours there. Yeah, yeah. And then work out. I've been there in the morning but I'm pretty sure in the afternoon when the light's coming from a different direction. And so it's the appreciation of what light does to a scene. And, um, but it's also just sitting there in nature. It's, mm. it's, it, it is a really great pastime. Yeah, absolutely. I was, uh, I was talking to uh, Adam Carnage uh, last night, actually, and um, he, he's, He's on the episode just before yours. Um, and he was sort of talking about that, that, you know, prior to doing photography, you go for a walk and, you know, it might be a two-hour hike or, you know, he, he talks to hikers as well because he does quite a lot of, you know, wandering around um, uh, the Yorkshire Moors and Dales and so forth. And... You know, they might go for a two-hour walk or he used to go for a two-hour walk, but now it takes him four to five hours because uh, yeah. he's, he's spending you know, a lot more time stopping and, uh, you know, taking in the, the scenery as opposed to just tramping through it and getting from point A to point B. Exactly. To total opposite to golf. 
<laughs> There's another one of my passions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't conquered that one yet either. No, that's, I, I think that's that it, it's, I found it way tougher than uh, photography. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so have you, I guess, looking at you, your work, there's a lot of stuff there around that sort of sunset period, sun, sunrises and so forth. Have you started doing much beyond those sort of, you know, blue hour, golden hour periods and, and working through the day, daylight or... Are you you sort of still in in those fringe light periods simply because the light's there? Yeah, and that's when I, I love it. I mean, as a surfer, I've always woken up early. Um, and my yeah. wife doesn't wake up early, so it's just it's a I can I can dedicate time to our lives together and and still be able to go and take photographs. So especially during summer, I tend to go out um, early mornings because I just I wake up at five o'clock and and just check my weather app. And even if it doesn't look really great, I sometimes just go out and, and just take some shots um, yeah. just because I'm awake, I'm up. Um, yeah. But no, I don't I don't tend to um, to go out in the middle of the day unless it's to a waterfall. Sure. Um, I, I tend to, there's other things. I, li I like to play golf. I like to go surfing. Um, so I, I try not to let photography rule my whole life. And yeah, it's easy. It's that's easy to do because I just oh, I just like the early mornings and and then sometimes if it's going to be a cracking evening then I'll uh, I'll do that. Yeah. Okay. So what what time do you spend planning before you go out to do a shoot? You know, let let's say you're going to you know take off from Anglesey and go somewhere else. Um, might be an hour, hour and a half away. What would you spend a lot of time thinking about what it is that you, you you're going to you know get there take there um and so forth or are you you know more spontaneous and just sort of turn up and hope for the best oh no like i've always got my eye we're sort of two hours from that um 12 apostles port campbell area yep yep um, so i've always got my eye on the weather and the clouds and and if it starts to look good then i start to plan about oh you know we could do this i could yeah. be down do I go the night before or do I? <laughs> so, yeah, I've always got my eye on 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 the weather for places like that because it's pretty easy for me to get to. Yeah. Um, although I'm not there, Johnny, on the spot all the time. So, um, so I, I don't just randomly drive down there if it's not going to be good. Yeah. Um, I, I tend to try and keep my eye on it. Uh, for instance, this weekend looks like it might be all right down there and with a couple of clear nights as well. So sort of keeping my eye on that. But um, yeah, I, I've just, to digress, I've just bought a, uh, like a little teardrop camper. Um, okay, yeah. With the, with the thoughts of, it's basically a queen size bed on wheels with a pop-up kitchen. And I think, I think I've seen a, a shot of that on your, on your Instagram feed yeah, actually. It's, 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 it's been like red one, yeah, a little. Yeah, it's been loaded onto a boat yesterday on the way from Fremantle to okay to, cool. to Victoria. So, and the idea behind that is, my wife didn't like when I I would drive to Port Campbell in the afternoon and then I would shoot sunset and then yep. 
in summer it's i'd leave there at sort of 10 o'clock and then i wouldn't get home till midnight yeah, uh, yeah. so the idea with that is that i can go a little bit further i want to go and explore you know the east coast of victoria and then down to robe and things yeah, like yeah. that and i can just go disappear for a couple of days um just sleep in that and, and i don't have to be driving around looking for accommodation and things like that so yeah that that'll be a lot of fun um i've started doing planning on sort of that eastern side of Adelaide, of that coast around South Australia, and then uh, and then you know up into the south coast of New South Wales, where I can sort of get to within half a day, a day, and then yeah, spend sure. a couple of days, and then come back. So uh, I'm looking forward to that, and then that'll expand my planning. I'll be looking at cloud apps for uh, about <laughs> a, a third of Australia from that stage. <laughs> Fantastic! I'll. Um... Look, looking forward to seeing the fruits of that. That uh, that sounds great. The uh, the wife and I actually we've uh, we put a deposit on a motorhome which uh, gets delivered in November. So uh, our plan oh, is to uh, go and do a lap um, or two, depending on how long <laughs> it takes us to get where we're going. <laughs> well, my wife said that's a great idea. She said so. It's got a shower and a toilet. Yeah. And I went no. Yeah, no, your our, our one does. It even has, yeah. a little, even has a little washing machine, a, a little two kilo one for, uh, yeah. for lightweight stuff. But um, yeah, look, looking forward to getting out there and uh, and and heading out onto the road and you know so seeing. I mean, I've I've seen a fair bit, but you know, seeing some of the spots that uh, I haven't been able to get to when the light's been right, you know, and yeah. you know the. The, the idea with that is again is that ability to just sort of pull up somewhere the night before or you know sit outside it doing astro or something yeah. <laughs> the yeah. night before and then hopefully you know if the if the sunrise is looking good um you know just walk, walk nearby to to somewhere rather than having to i mean for me now it's a it's an hour's drive to the nearest beach so you know it take, takes a bit of effort to drag myself out of bed and uh, and go and do it but um yeah yeah it's uh, and i think covid's done that i mean it's just really it's really made people um you know think about going to see more of australia oh absolutely um, yeah it has with me i mean we were traditionally you know we were going overseas three times a year mm -hmm. and, you know going to new zealand which hopefully we get back to and then you know going to north america to ski during this time of the year but didn't go this year and then but now it's, I think there's more of a focus on, well, let's just go and see more of Australia. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I, I, I think that's a great thing to be doing. You know, it's, uh, the, I mean, the, there's a lot of people that uh, I, I think have missed out on a lot of Australia because they've been, you know, heading to Bali or heading to Thailand or heading to the US or whatever because, you know, it was, or New Zealand because it was relatively cheap. And, uh, you know, there's there's some places in Australia that uh, I know. As I say, I've been 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 to a few places, but there, there's a lot in between the places where I've flown to that you know, because I haven't yeah. had the car or haven't you know been able to you know drive a drive a lap of the place. You know, I'm, I know that I'm missing out on you know that I'd but yeah. I'd, I'd really like to see them. You know, well, this think, time last yeah, go on. This go time on. last year we. Um, a mate and I drove up to uh, up to Broken Hill, um, and then we drove across through the back country to uh, Mungo National Park, and, nice. and yep. and then 
back down to uh, Sea Lake, um, to Lake Tyrrell and things like that. And it, it was just so such fun. Um, when we got back, people said, well, what did you see? And we said, well, there's nothing out there. It's just, but it's just magnificent. <laughs> it, but it's amazing. It's yeah. Awesome. It's just so amazing to do. And then people, I think they, they just look at you going, what? Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing there. No. Well, there isn't, but go and do it. And it, it just blows your mind how big the place is and, and absolutely and wonderful yeah. it is. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've not just through the podcast but through social media as well i've met a few people that i want to want to catch up with as well um you know i've never met them met them physically but i've, yeah. I've you know got gotten to know them a little bit you know either through the podcast or through uh through socials and uh you know i i think for 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 me it's uh, it's going to be really interesting to sort of catch up with some of these people and actually meet them face to face and you know hopefully go and have a shoot with them too so there you go put a circle around anglesey and uh, and oh, come definitely. on down oh they yeah the uh the, the great ocean road's definitely on on the list so yeah. <laughs> i've been there a few times but i've never ne never really been there when you know when, when the light's been quite right you know it's always yeah. sort of been driving through from uh and you know south australia through to melbourne or something you know yeah well, I mean, that street, everybody sort of goes to that stretch around between Warrnambool and Apollo Bay. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, from Apollo Bay back to Anglesey, there's some, there's some remarkable stuff in there. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. Around Lawn and uh, and yeah. Bells and, and, you know, Anglesey, there, there's some stunning, you know, seascapes to be had, I think. Yeah, it's, yeah uh, there is. Yeah. We're, we're blessed. Definitely. Oh, I, I, I got to say, I think Australia is. You know, there's, there's a lot, lot to see, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna have a crack at seeing as much of it as I can. Good on you. <laughs> so, I guess getting, getting back to you, which is the, the, the point of this conversation. Do you, do you do much printing of your work? Um. I don't print it myself. Um. I've got a, a guy that prints it. So I'm. Um, I'm trying to turn it into a business. Um, and yep. last year, I, I probably sold, I don't know, 30 or 40 framed prints. Okay, that's good. Um, yeah. Which which was quite amazing. Um, and I think, I think I got to the stage where I just wanted to test out my business brain again to see if I could commercialise my hobby. So, yeah. Um, yeah. so I've sort of dabbled in that. So I've got a guy in, uh, in Geelong um arteria uh, printing i'll give him a plug yeah um, he does a really great job um michael debean really lovely young kid um he's actually the son of a girl that i went to high school to high school with wow which i didn't know when i first started using him but um, but his mother was a lovely girl so um yeah. and married a, a, a uh, one of my good friends uh, older brother so uh, it's a very wow. small world very um yeah so i've just got into it and it's i found i tried to tap into a market on that coast between sort of between geelong and lawn yeah uh, where there's a lot of people that own holiday houses um and which have been turned into permanent houses during COVID. um sure. and um and just trying to tap into that emotional connection to a particular place so um yeah, trying to trying to get people to you know to rather than buy random artwork to buy photographs of you know of their favorite yeah, something so, local um, yeah 
uh, which is uh, which has tended to work. I've done a couple of exhibitions. I've got another one in Lawn coming up uh, over Easter. Nice. Um, yep. It's been really good. Um, and just trying to connect with the local uh, community. I think that's that's been the success that I've seen with selling my prints is just is getting the local community to have ownership of you as a photographer um, yeah, and loving yeah. following your work and things like that. So you can be on Instagram as much as you like, but it's full of other photographers and that's great. You can form some really great relationships and, and see people develop and find new spots to go and photograph. But yep. to sell your work, Instagram's not the spot. Oh, yeah. Um, like, one of my mates who's a photographer is not going to buy one of my shots <laughs> when he's standing next to me. Oh, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah. And I've also started to um, to run some workshops. Um, so there's a little photography group that started uh, in Anglesey. Um, so I joined that. Yep. I've done a couple talks to them and then people out of that say oh we'd love to be able to take photos like yours and so you know it rolls out into taking some workshops and things yeah, like that yeah. which is really great it's it's good to see the excitement in somebody else's face when they're learning so uh absolutely absolutely yeah but, but when it comes i was talking to a guy yesterday um um a photographer in lawn and he's got a he's got an epson printer and he prints all, all his own stuff and i said yep. oh, i don't I uh, so I'll, I've got a bit of a theory that I don't want to just be printing on you know average paper and things like that. So it's all the stuff that I do is on sort of imported cotton rags and things yeah. like that. A lot of it's in larger format, um, you know, one point five by a meter or two meters yeah. wide. So it's I'd, I'd my aim is to be doing photography art, not just selling prints of my photos. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Um, so I don't really want to be sitting at a nothing. Please, there's nothing wrong with people that, that are sitting. Oh, I don't want not. personally to be sitting at a market on a Saturday, flogging my stuff for 150 bucks a shot. So yeah. um, no. I would rather yeah. to try and have it as big, large format artworks hanging on the on people's walls. So yeah. and then on Saturday morning, I can go and play golf. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> So how much time do you spend with, uh, was it Michael, uh, in talking about, you know, what it is that you want to get out of the print and how do you, how do you make sure that you're getting, you know, accurate colour and tonal sort of, you know, representation? Because, you know, obviously a screen is not the same as a bit of cotton rag and, you know, <laughs> people's, people's lighting and whatever isn't necessarily always going to, show up you know some of the moodier images to their best you know so how do you how do you how do you get that sort of balance right possibly when i when i first started printing i used a group um and i won't name them but they just basically they printed my images when i gave them to them yeah. um, and they would always come back and they go wow that didn't that looks nothing like it did on the yeah. screen it's really <laughs> that, that dark orange bit is an orange <laughs> <laughs> Um, the, look, I, a little bit of learning on the go, um, but then Michael is, I find him, he's just, he's great. Yeah. Um, and he's given me a lot of uh, tips. Um, I mean, one of the greatest tips was go back to your screen, get on the brightness button and take it back to just over 50%. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And then when you finished developing a photo and it looks really good to you, go in and and add in 20% of white and take out about 10% of black. Yeah. <laughs> so get it perfect to your eye and then do that. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, yeah, he always, look, he casts his eye over it. Um, we talk about different papers for different. So he's, he's very knowledgeable. Uh, he's he's a, a, a real asset um, to me being able to print some really good stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's really important to have that relationship with you, with you know, particularly large format printing. You know, yeah. um, so it, it is a bit different if you if you're doing your own. You know, you've got total control over the process, but you've, yeah. you know, you can't always get the, uh, um, you know, the, the the high quality paper. You know, that that readily if you if you're doing it on your own and. Uh, you know that relationship. I think is really important to make sure that you know you're, you're having conversations like, you know, yeah, you need a little bit bit more white in this one and you know, a bit less yeah. black. <laughs> yeah, and occasionally you go in. Look, when you're doing it, it's just like if you go into here and you take that and you find your whites and just give it a bit of a pop and it yeah. just adds a bit more contrast. So yeah, learning all the time. But I mean, I've really never looked at printing my own stuff, and I probably should. Yeah, um, but. Um, at the moment, I just I think it's just easy if I if I've got a photograph and somebody wants to buy a print of it, then I shoot, shoot it down the line to him, and then he actually even because I've got a relationship with two framers in Geelong, yeah, um, and then he'll drop it off the print off to one of those two framers. So, oh, that's nice. <laughs> and I've got to trust that if he looks at it and says it looks spectacular, then I've got to trust that he can just drop them off. And then I've just, so I only have to drive the, it's only 20 minutes to Geelong, but yeah, yeah. I don't have to drive and pick up the print and then take it to the framers. He'll, he'll just drop it off. So it's, it's point, that yeah. complete service that he'll offer, um, you know, at no extra cost. So Very nice. Which is, yeah. which is really good. Yeah. Yeah. So have you ever hit a creative wall? Yeah, I did actually before, um, just before Christmas, I think, uh, it was probably sort of November. We've just we just had a run where there was wasn't any great light. You know, it it just sort of. I think it was at the end of waterfall season down here. Yeah. Uh, we were just coming out of lockdowns and things like that. And it was I'd been just going to the same local spots all the time. So especially during the winters down here. I mean, we we're in regional Victoria, so we had it easier than people in Melbourne. But um, yeah, yeah. you know, we were still. A lot of the time we were stuck to 15Ks, which means I could I could get to Bells to go surfing and I could get to Aries Inlet. So that pretty much covered what I wanted to do anyway. So, yep. um, But I, I don't think I went out shooting for, I don't know, about two months. Yep. Um, so I don't know whether it was a creative block. It just the conditions weren't right. I just wasn't motivated to do it. But um, yeah. Uh, we went, uh, my wife is from Hobart, so we were going down to Tassie in January. So um, we lay very low during the Christmas New Year, so we didn't catch COVID. And we did get, so she refuses to get on the boat um, down to Tassie. <laughs> so I uh, I drove up and uh, jumped on the boat and she flies directly to Hobart. And then right. I, I went on the boat and took five days. I went the West Coast. So the moment I arrived in Tassie, I just, I had the bug again. Yeah. I was in a new environment, so I was going to new places. Um, yeah, it's so, amazing how much a you know a, a fresh location can you know 
get the the juices flowing again. Yeah, and when I got back, it's been rubbish conditions down here again. But then all of a sudden, you know, the Milky Way's back in the sky, and we yeah. had a few clear nights, and then. You know, you just, uh, I'll set my alarm for 3.30 in the morning and just go and have a look. And as soon as you're out there, you go, oh, how good's this? <laughs> nice. We're, we're currently dreaming of clear nights here in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> or anywhere in New South Wales for that matter. Yeah. Uh, what, what piece of kit can't you live without? Oh, my 1635 F2.8. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just between you and me, I'm living without it. <laughs> Okay. Because when I, when I was in Tassie, I was at the top of Mount Wellington on this amazing morning where there was just a, an inversion of clouds. Um, so it was just this white cotton wool for as far as you could see. Yeah. And then above it was just this perfect sunrise sky. It was all pink and orange and yellows. And oh, oh, it was just so we got to the end of that. But it was, as typical, at the top of Mount Wellington, it was blowing a gale. And... Um, I'd sort of shifted spots as the sun had already come up and I wanted to put a, uh, a filter on my, uh, on my camera and I, um, I let it, I wasn't hanging on to it, but a gust of wind came and blew it over. Oh no. <laughs> so I got a couple of deep scratches in the, uh, in the front glass. So Ouch. I sat on that for a month going, Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, yeah. And then, so this morning I actually dropped it off at the Canon experience store and they're going to, they're going to re replace the front glass for me. Luckily, oh. I've had my uh, 1635 F4. Yeah. yeah. I still miss the other one. It's yeah. just such a, it's just, just such a beautiful lens. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've got one of those myself and it, it is, it's, uh, it, it almost never comes off the front of the camera. It's, uh, no. <laughs> you know, it, it, put it this way, it's, it's usually either that or the uh, 70 to 200. But um, yeah, I've I, I got my I, eye on one of those. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm I'm really enjoying that and enjoying the the difference that that can make, particularly in in landscapes. You know, getting that much closer uh, to yeah. things, standing a bit further back in different locations, and you know. well, Interestingly, I saw a video and I can't remember who it was by, but he was um, he was shooting panoramic landscapes using it. Yep, uh, and he was uh, like getting the foreground, so getting back a bit, picking something in the foreground and having it a quite uh, wide aperture, so to throw the whole background out. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of his images would just, like just pick a tree on a hill. Yep. Uh, with nothing, it really in the background. He was throwing the background out of uh, out of focus, and um, and then just having this beautiful tree just, and then he was shooting like five shots yeah um, and stitching them together and i went i gotta get me one of those yeah <laughs> they're, they're, they're well worth it they're well worth it but uh you know it's um it, they are a big investment but uh, you know as i say the the investment in in these you know bits of glass i think is well and truly worth it if you if you're serious about your, your photography you know it's not it's not to say you can't take a, a amazing shots i've seen some amazing iphone shots and you know um even just using point and shoots uh, yeah but you know it it really does make a difference if you want to get more creative you know with that wow. sort of thing that you were just talking about um, yeah i've just finished telling you i like doing large format 
um, prints and yeah. um, you're right. It's, you learn pretty quickly when you're printing large format that if you've got, if you don't have a good lens, you start to get restricted as to what size you can uh, print Absolutely. to. So. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the smaller sensors and smaller lenses can do for you. Yeah. yeah. So what do you like to do when you're not out shooting? Surfing is my passion. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, I, I love to go surfing. I, we've, my wife is possibly one of the most social people you would ever meet. So uh, we have a very full social agenda, um, which includes catching up for dinner with lots of people. So, yeah, no, just, just hanging out with friends. I uh, love surfing. Uh, I, I love golf. Um, yep. And I probably love golf more now than I did when I was in my 30s. For some reason, I thought I was probably going to turn pro even though I was playing off 16, 17. Okay. <laughs> I used to get very angry with my golf, but uh, I think I, when I was in my uh, early 40s, I, I, I think after having a bad round, I said, well, all I'm doing is ruining, not only ruining my day, but three other good friends' day. So hey. uh, get over yourself. You're never going to go pro, so just enjoy it. So, uh, I just, so yeah, I, I, love, I love golf and the challenge. Um, uh, I'm getting old. I love gardening. Yep. <laughs> just I landscaped our backyard in Anglesey. So um, last year during lockdown, so lots of barrel loads of of uh, soil and things like that. So uh, yeah, look, people said, and some of my uh, old contemporaries who are still working say to me, "Oh, don't you get bored?" So I'll give you a call the day I feel like I'm bored. So yeah. I've been retired for nearly three years now and um, there hasn't been a day that I thought, oh, I wonder what I'll do today. Yeah. It's just, you know, <laughs> so I, I tend to be able to fill my days, whether it's photography or surfing or golfing or... Yeah, well, or, I, I haven't met a photographer that has, you know, a business angle towards their photography that isn't busy. You know? Yeah. And and it's not a it's not a five day a week job either. You know, it's seven days a week. <laughs> yeah, it is. And there's when you can. I find if you connect to the communities, like yesterday, um, I a guy in uh, Lawn contacted me. Yep. And he he writes. He's a bit of a historian about the place, and they're about to do a um, a burn. Uh, a fuel reduction burn in the in the hills behind Lawn in the in oh. the Otway National Park, and um, so he contacted the head of the fire management and said he would he had an idea that uh, he's a bushwalker, so yeah, he yeah. was like a little bit choked up that they were going to burn his thing, but having lived through bushfires down there, he understands and supports it, and he had an idea that wouldn't it be great to get photographs before, during, and after. Absolutely, and, yeah. then, and then at three month periods while the bush was regenerating, so he he contacted me to ask me if I would uh, if I'd be involved. So yesterday I went and had a meeting with the uh, with the head of the uh, the fire management, um, and that's the sort of thing. I mean, those yeah. meetings take up time, and now well, that, that sounds like a really cool project, though. You know, that's... Uh, it's, I'm looking forward to it. I spoke to this guy, and he said, "So you know, we'll go up, we'll take you up in a four wheel drive, and you can find your spot, and then we're going to geotag it so I can go back to the same spot." And then he said, oh, "He said, so on the day of the burn, we'll take you in." And I went, "Oh wow." How good well, is that going to be? Yeah, not, <laughs> not many people outside the, uh, the, no, the fire brigade uh, fraternity get to see that. 
oh, I hope they know what they're doing, but I'm going to get to go, uh, <laughs> get to go stand up there and, uh, and take photos while they're actually lighting it and it's burning and then go back a few days later and then on three monthly periods. So it should be a really great project, but so, you know, that all takes time and then it takes up your thought processes. So it's, it's pretty easy to fill in your days. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. It's funny, actually, the last time I was uh, heading along the Great Ocean Road was, oh, was way too many years ago, um, but they were actually doing a hazard reduction burn beside the road. Uh, yeah. Probably, oh, I was... There's a couple of Ks, uh, the Melbourne side of the 12 Apostles. And, yeah. You know, so for about, you know, eight, 10 kilometres along the side of the road, there was all these fires, you know, just sort of running along beside the road as you as you drove down. It was, uh, it was a, quite yeah. a surreal experience. I mean, the, the smoke certainly wasn't helping my photography, but... <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it was interesting sort of watching the process of, you know, where they're walking along with the little burners and, you know, dropping the little, um, you know, seeds of the flame and whatever and uh, and watching it all go up. It's very interesting living in Anglesey because there's there's people and maybe the older fraternity that um, are completely supportive of it, but there are some... um, some uh, people in the community that are totally against it. But um, I I was evacuated from Aries Inlet on in 1983 during Ash Wednesday. And, um, and I don't think anybody that went through that day would ever begrudge any, any decision to reduce fuel. It was that was just a horrific event. Um, uh, And I personally don't want to ever have to live through that again. So no, um, I don't blame you. completely supportive of it <laughs> yeah all right um i guess just sort of thinking about wrapping up now but uh are there any photographers out there that you think um i, I should be talking to on on the podcast uh, how many do you want <laughs> one or two <laughs> three, three. Uh, I'm not sure if you if you've spoken to Craig Richards. Um, no, I haven't spoken to Craig yet. He's uh, he is just he's a number one. He's a wonderful person, um, and I've met him a number of times, uh, both down there and in New Zealand. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think you know he's a he's a very humble man. I'm, I'm not sure whether he'd do it. He's a, he is quite shy and very humble, but he's a brilliant photographer. Yeah. Um, um, and who else? There's a guy uh, I shoot with um, called Gary Eastwood. Um, okay. And I think he's just uh, he's a technician. He's he's a takes some just some beautiful photographs. Um, and he's he's in his mid sixties, retired as well. So we we do a lot of hiking into waterfalls and what have you together. Nice. Um, and there's a there's a guy actually who's um, who's his photos are completely different through his processing that um pirate scapes yeah I'm not sure yeah. follow him down in apollo bay um yeah, yeah. yeah he's uh, and he's a character <laughs> so um, <laughs> he's an amazing man with a lot of stories um but he's good fun good fun and i really love when i first saw his photos i wasn't sure about them um with okay. his process but I've grown to love them. Um, yeah. and, I, and, it, 
what it shows is that everybody we can stand together and take a photograph wherever we are and his photograph will look completely different to mine and i think wow, that is great that is great that people just they perceive the scene in a completely different way yeah no, it's, it's so one think, of the things that i love about it yeah yeah i think if you uh, look if of all of them yeah, yeah those three i think would uh, would be very interesting thank you for that that's that's awesome i've got one more question and uh it's the most important one you may have heard me ask this before but do you like pineapple on pizza <laughs> yes <laughs> yes i like my pizzas uh, I, I actually like ordering a hawaiian with salami oh, wow okay <laughs> so just to give it a little Is bit of replacement a for the ham or on top of the ham no no with the ham with so put it, okay. yeah put it on top but now i love pineapple Fair enough. <laughs> yeah <laughs> now you've got me hungry <laughs> yeah it's not quite dinner time here <laughs> <laughs> no it's not here either and i'm going to a greek restaurant tonight so oh very nice i don't think there'll be any pineapple <laughs> no. no not a lot of pineapple in greek uh greek food <laughs> no all right well thanks very much uh for taking the time craig uh really enjoyed catching up with you and uh it's uh, been great to learn a bit more about you and how you do what you do uh where can people find your work um well cc images s double -E -S -E images um or if you add a .com.au that's my website so on okay Facebook brilliant or insta yeah thanks again no thank you and i look forward to catching up with you when you're uh, cruising past anglesey Absolutely. I'll look you up. <laughs> Do it. Thanks again for listening to Landscape Photography World. I hope you enjoyed the show and keep listening because I'll be joined by some great guests in upcoming episodes. You can find my work in this podcast at grantswinburnphotography.com. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. I'm Grant Swinburne and I hope to see you out shooting soon. <laughs>